Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 13 and 14 of Breaking Dawn. And they're titled, Good Thing I've Got a Strong Stomach, and You Know Things Are Bad When You Feel Guilty For Being Rude To Vampires. Before we get into it, I just want to mention that I've started covering Allegiant over on the Patreon feed. That's book number three in the Shitty Divergent series. The first episode is out now. If you want to get access to it and every other episode that's going to be coming out every Friday, just head over to patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. The subscription is $3 a month and you get access to all of the older bonus content as well. So we've got uh, 50 Shades Darker, 50 Shades Freed. We've got Insurgent and also the Maze Runner. So yeah, there's some good stuff over there. Thank you to everyone who's already signed up to be a supporter on Patreon. I really do appreciate it. And now let's get back into Breaking Dawn. So where we left off, they had the bright idea to feed Bella blood. I mean, it took them so long to, to even consider the possibility that maybe Bella's craving some blood. And I don't know how she couldn't have vocalized that as well, but no, it stumped everyone. And then they're like, oh, maybe she wants blood. So that's where we left off. So chapter 13, good thing I've got a strong stomach, starts with Carlisle and Rosalie running off to find the blood supply. And apparently they were also debating whether or not they should warm it up for Bella, which is something that I was wondering last week as well. So I'm glad we're all on the same page. And Jacob's still third wheeling. So he's just standing around while Edward and Bella are staring in each other's eyes. I assume Esme or Emmett must also be there because it says Rosalie went upstairs. She doesn't like leaving Bella alone with Edward because she thinks that Edward's going to try and get rid of the fetus. Stephanie doesn't really specify if anyone else is in the room. It sort of sounds like Jacob, Edward and Bella are, yeah, a little independent love triangle in that room. But I assume there's another vampire lurking around somewhere. Who knows? And Jacob's looking at the way Edward and Bella look at each other. And he's like, oh, now I sort of get why Leah doesn't want to hang around with Sam. (laughs) And he says, of course, we all felt bad for Leah. We weren't monsters. (laughs) It's like, okay, you just did a whole chapter about how much you hate Leah. I don't think it is. Of course, you all feel bad for her. Like, I don't think that's obvious. And I just don't know why we're going into a new chapter now. And we're still ragging on her. She's out there doing laps of the perimeter for you guys. And, and here you are just being like, oh, poor Leah. Oh, I hate Leah. It's understandable, but I still hate her. So then Rosalie's run into the kitchen and Edward shouts out to her. Well, he just murmurs under his breath, but that's effectively like shouting for a vampire. He says, not clear, Rosalie. And Jacob's like, what the hell does that mean? And basically it means don't grab a clear cup. 
because Edward doesn't want her to see the blood that she's drinking. Like, I think she's going to know it's blood uh, merely from the fact that she's aware that it's blood. She's been told that she's going to drink blood. She said, yes, I'll drink some blood. She can smell blood. She will then be tasting the blood. But it's like, oh, don't let her see the blood, Rose. Don't grab a clear cup. That would be a disaster. And so Bella says to Jacob, was this your idea, huh? And he's like, don't pin that on me, doll. I just had a few snarky thoughts that got overheard. And Bella's like, well, Edward told me about what you, you had to do and how you had to break up from your family. Oh, so sorry, Jake. And Seth too. And Jacob's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And Bella says, well, you don't have to stay and watch me drink blood. And he's like, I got nothing else to do. I got nowhere else to be, especially now that Leah's with us. She's helping out, running the perimeter. And she's like, oh my God, Leah, what? And Jacob says to Edward, you didn't tell her. And it's like, oh my God, no. I don't think Leah's defecting from the pack is is that big of a deal in Edward's mind right now. I don't think Edward even thinks Bella would care about that right now. No one cares. You guys care. Bella's got a demon spawn draining the life out of her. Like, I... Yeah, okay, Leah's there, big whoop. And he's like, you didn't tell her? Like, what, was it news? And Edward just shrugs. He's like, oh my God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And Bella actually is a bit disturbed by this. She's like, but Leah hates us. (laughs) And he says, I didn't want to get into the whole novel length version. So I just said to keep an eye on Seth. And like, what do you mean the whole novel length version? Like, I know it's not novel length because surprise, surprise, I'm reading a novel and it it was half a chapter. It was actually just a half a chapter in length. And here he is telling me it's novel length. Why are you lying to me, Jake? And so he's just trying to convince her that Leah's part of the pack now. And she's like, not looking very convinced. And Jacob's like, wow, you're scared of Leah, but you're not scared of the psychopath blonde upstairs. (laughs) And Rosalie's like, fuck off. So then Carlisle and Rosalie, who is being described as the psycho in question, (laughs) they're there. And Carlisle had a white plastic cup in his hand, the kind with the lid and the bendy straw. Okay. What? She knows she's drinking blood, first of all. You don't have to, you know, sneak it into her food like a dog with medication. Second of all, why have they got a plastic cup with a bendy straw just lying around the house? None of them have ever used a cup before in their lives. And a bendy straw of all things, a bendy straw? Why does she need to drink from a straw? Can she not just gulp it down out of a mug? And Jacob's like, oh, I get it now. Not clear. Oh, you can't even see what's in that cup. Oh, genius. It's like, yeah. She still knows she's drinking blood, dickheads. And they're all like, uh, Bella, you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yep, let's do it. So she starts sitting up and they're helping her up so that she can, I don't know, better drink from the bendy straw. And Jacob's sort of like, oh, I should have left, but now it's too late to leave. And he's feeling awkward. He's like, oh my God, I should have left. Oh, now I'm stuck here watching her drink blood out of a bendy straw. What am I going to do? And they're all like, Bella, Bella, do you sure, are you sure you want to do this? And Rosalie's like, plug your nose and harden up, doll. Start drinking. And Bella's like, no, guys, guys, it actually smells good. And like Rosalie's elated, but Jacob's like, ugh, gross. So Rosalie's like, all right, well, drink it then, idiot. She's like, come on, hurry up. And so she has a drink. And Jacob says he could hear the blood slopping around in the cup, in the little sippy cup. And Bella's drinking and she goes, oh, you know what? It tastes pretty good too. And so Jacob's repulsed and Rosalie's like pumping her fist in the air being like, hell yeah. Jacob describes her as being jazzed, which I thought was Jasper's nickname. So it's weird that it's being applied to Rosalie of all people. And Carlisle's like, oh my God, are you okay? How's your stomach? Do you feel nausea? And she's like, I feel great. And so then Bella says, Edward, does this screw up my total or do we start counting after I'm a vampire? And he says, no one's counting Bella. 
In any case, no one died for this. Your record is still clean. And Jacob narrates to us that they'd lost me. Like he can't figure out what they're talking about, even though, I mean, it's kind of obvious. So, but let's unpack it for a little bit. So she's saying, does this screw up my total? Or do we start counting after I'm a vampire because she's acknowledging that she's drinking human blood, which indicates to me that she's going into this situation, i.e. becoming a vampire, fully aware of the fact that she's gonna be a thirsty newborn and will most likely kill people. So she's had this conversation with Edward that, yeah, I'm gonna kill people. Do we have a tally? Like, do we, do we turn it into a competition? Like, that's a bit morally reprehensible. You know what? That's fucked up. She talks such a big fucking game about how she doesn't want to inconvenience other people. And yet she's pretty much acknowledging that she's going to end up killing people by becoming a vampire. And she's so casual about it that she acts like they've got a little tally. And when he says, oh, don't worry, no one died for this anyway, Bella. It's like, well, that bag of blood maybe could have been helpful at the hospital. You don't know. There could have been a four car pile up and they're like, oh shit, where's all the own neg gone? And people could be dying from the lack of that blood donation. So they're not really thinking through the morals here. And I know Bella does turn into a vampire and has surprising restraint. And I don't think she ever actually does kill anyone. But the fact that they're all accepting that that is most likely going to happen and they're cool with it, it's pretty shitty. And so Edward whispers under his breath, he says, I'll explain later, like to Jacob, which I think is stupid. Like, don't bring that up to Jacob. Jacob's not going to be happy to hear that. And Bella's like, what was that? And he goes, nothing, just talking to myself. And so then Jacob and Edward share a little moment where they're like, you're not going to be able to lie to your wife so easily when she's got vampire hearing, but enjoy it while you can, old chap. Jacob hates this guy. And yet they're bonding over the fact that (laughs) that Bella can't hear there in a monologue because Jacob's thinking things for Edward to hear and Edward's speaking under his breath for Jacob to hear. And then Bella's left out in the cold. And so Bella's meanwhile still swigging from that little plastic sippy cup. And then it says Jacob flinched when the straw pulled at empty air, making a loud sucking sound. Uh, I would have been out of there. Nah, I don't like hearing people slurp at the best of times if it's Pepsi Max. But, but blood? To hear someone slurping up blood? No thanks. And now that she's finished the cup, they're like, do you want some more? And Edward's like, oh, you don't have to have more. You know, you don't have to. And she's like, but I want to. And already color is coming into her cheeks again. So. Yeah, they figured it out. They cracked the code. Well done. And so then Bella's like, oh, Jake, you look awful. You look so tired. When's the last time you slept? You need to sleep. Don't stay up and worry about little old me. And she says, there's a few beds upstairs. You're welcome to any of them. And the look on Rosalie's face made it clear that he wasn't welcome to like her bed. And then Jacob's thinking, it made me wonder what sleepless beauty needed a bed for anyway. Was she that possessive of her props? And it's like, mate. People like to lie down. Who cares if they don't sleep? They still need to lie down. They still have sex. Why does he assume that they never use their beds? I mean, yeah, Edward did never had a bed, but uh, that's beside the point. That's just Stephanie Meyer's dumb logic seeping into all of her characters so that all of her characters agree with her dumb logic. And Jacob's like, nah, I'd rather sleep outside on the ground away from all of the smells. And then they're all examining Bella and her renewed energy. And she's like, I don't know if I'm hungry, if I'm thirsty. And Carlisle's like, try some human food. And she's like, okay, I'll have some eggs. And then her and Edward share a little look because of all the eggs she ate at Isle Esme. I guess that's an in-joke now about how much she loves eggs. And Edward's like, Bella's right, Jake. You need to sleep. They're all so worried about his sleep. Like, oh my God, he's a grown-ass man. He'll go to bed when he wants to go to bed, people. Relax. And so Jacob's like, oh, fine. All right, I'll go to bed. Feel better, Bells. And then he walks out. 
But as he turns for the door, he hears two howls piercing the still morning air. And he's like, "Uh oh, shit's going down. And I mean, it could just be Seth howling by accident again. He's, he's prone to howling. But no, this, the tone, he can sense the tone. It suggests urgency. So Jacob's like, I gotta go. So as soon as he jumps off the porch, he phases into wolf form and he rips his little jorts and he goes, crap, that was my last pair of jorts. He's like, oh God, now I'm jortsless, I know. And now that he's a wolf, he's communicating with Leah and Seth. They're talking about how some of the pack are coming towards them, at least three. And they can't hear them. They can just hear their footsteps or paw steps. And they don't really know what's going on, but then they can sense that they've stopped and someone's phasing back into human form. So they meet in some clearing a couple of miles away and it's Jared in human form with Paul, Quill and Colin in wolf form behind him. He said there's no aggression in their postures. They just hung back behind Jared, ears up, alert, but calm. And so immediately Jake's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, is this a peace treaty? What's happening? But why would Sam send Colin rather than my good buddy Embry? And also like Colin's a kid. So he's like, if I'm going into enemy territory, I'm sending out the good troops. I'm not sending out some kid. So he's really confused by that. And so they're all like, is it a diversion? Are they going to attack around the back? What's going on? And so Jared starts talking. Everyone else is a wolf at this point. And he says, it's a white flag of truce, Jake. We're just here to talk. And Jared's like, could you maybe face back for me, bud? Like, I can't hear what you guys are saying. And Jake's like, I'm not phasing back until I figure out what's going on. And he's still distracted by Colin being there. He's really thrown for a loop on that one. And Jared says, you've torn our family apart. It's not meant to be this way. We know that you feel strongly about the situation with the Cullens. We know that's a problem, but this is an overreaction. And then Seth's growling and he's thinking overreaction and attacking our allies without warning isn't. And it's like, okay, Seth, I get your point. But if you're going to attack your allies, why would you warn them? He's, he's mad that they want to attack their allies without warning. And it's like, well, if I'm going to attack my allies, I'm not giving them the heads up, Seth. And Jacob's like, Seth, have you ever heard of a poker face? Cool it. And then Jared says, Sam is willing to take this slowly. He's calmed down. He's talked to the elders. They've decided that immediate action is in no one's best interest at this point. And Leah's thinking, yeah, they've lost the element of surprise. That's what that's all about. And Jared says, Billy and Sue agree with you, Jacob, that we can wait for Bella to be separated from the problem. Killing her is not something any of us feel comfortable with. He says, the point is we're going to wait and reassess the situation, decide later if there's a problem with the thing. And Leah, Seth and Jake, they're not really buying it. They just think that they assume that Bella will die anyway once the baby gets popped out. And they're also probably thinking that Jacob's going to be so mad once Bella dies that he's probably going to want to kill the vampires anyway. And Jake's like, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. They got me there. And so then Jared's like, oh my God, Jake, please just phase into a human. Like, come on. And so then Jacob, he doesn't want to phase in front of Leah because he's just torn up his jorts so he'll be naked. And he says, Leah, make a circuit just to be sure. I want to talk to him and I want to be positive that there's nothing going on while I'm phased. And she's like, oh my God, you can phase in front of me, Jacob. I've seen your dick. She says, despite my best efforts, I've seen you naked before. Doesn't do much for me. So no worries. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not worried about that, Leah. I'm trying to protect our backs. Get out of here. Even though he is worried about her seeing him naked. Because then he goes on for a whole paragraph talking about how they've seen each other naked and it's awkward. (laughs) He says, nudity was an inconvenient but unavoidable part of pack life. We'd all thought nothing of it before Leah came along. Ugh, Leah. Leah ruined us getting our wangs out. He says, oh, once stupid Leah got there, it got awkward. 
He says Leah had average control when it came to her temper. It took her the usual length of time to stop exploding out of her clothes every time she got pissed. So they've all seen her naked a lot. And he says, we'd all caught a glimpse. I'm like, oh my God. And then it says, and it wasn't like she wasn't worth looking at. What? It was just that it was so not worth it when she caught you thinking about it later. Oh my God. So he's just admitting that they all like, I want to have a peep at Leah, but they don't want to get in trouble thinking about her naked body. And it's like, oh my God, I could not be more team Leah. These guys sound like misogynistic assholes, but also like, I get that they've seen each other naked before. So it's like, why be sheepish? You know, cause he's just said she can catch you when you're thinking about it. So it's like, I don't know when you're in wolf form, if you ever think about maybe when you were jacking it or having sex with whoever you've imprinted on or something like, I get, I guess all those images are floating in your mind anyway. And they, they all see it. So does it really matter if she sees your wang when you're phased and you've run out of jorts? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Anyway. So now that Leah's averted her gaze, he can phase back into human form and he gets his wang out. And Jared goes, oh, hi, Jack. And he goes, hey, Jared. And he's like, mate, we want you to come back. Jacob's like, I don't know about that. And he's like, let Seth and Leah come home too. And he's like, I fucking wish. He's like, please take them. I don't want them. (laughs) He's always joking about how he hates Seth and Leah. (laughs) And Seth can hear all of this. (laughs) Poor Seth. And Jacob says, well, look, things aren't going to go back to normal anyway now. Like, I, I don't know how it works. But this alpha thing, I don't think it can be turned on and off as the mood strikes. And I don't think that two alphas can belong in the same place. It feels sort of permanent. The instinct to take over is too competitive. And Jared's like, so what are you going to hang out with all the parasites for the rest of your life? You don't have a home here. You're already out of clothes, he says, as if Jacob can't just pop out to the store and buy some or or borrow some of Edward's jorts. I assume Edward doesn't have jorts. But you could um, easily take a pair of his jeans and cut them. He could easily fashion himself some jorts out of Edward's cupboard. But yeah, so Jared's like, you're out of clothes. That means you have to forsake your stance and come back to the pack just because of the clothing reason. And he also points out that Leah doesn't like eating in wolf form. So, I mean, yeah, what are they going to do? They have to go back to La Bouche because there's no way Leah can have a hot meal any, any other way. What? Like she can just go to, go to Forks. There's a whole town just down the road. She can go to a Waffle House. No one's saying she has to be a wolf forever. What the fuck? Jared says that Sam's sorry. And Jacob's like, yeah, that's great, but I'm still not coming back. I got to wait and see how this plays out with Bella and the Cullens. And also I'm protecting the Cullens now because they deserve protection because I've changed my mind completely. And Jared's like, well, can't convince you then. So he turns to Seth and he says, Sue asked me to tell you to come home. She's brokenhearted, Seth, all alone. I don't know how you and Leah can do this to her. Abandon her this way when your dad just barely died, which is manipulative and yet also the truth. And Jacob's like, oh, ease up, Jared. And he's like, oh, Sue's stronger than anyone I knew. Tougher than my dad, tougher than me. Tough enough to play with her kids' sympathies. If that's what it took to get them home. So he's not buying that Sue's fragile, even though, I mean, her husband just died and the kids just abandoned her. Like, yeah. Jared's spitting facts in that respect. And then I guess Leah overheard that and she doesn't like it. So she runs back and she's like, what'd you say, mate? In wolf form, I guess she just growled that. And Jared's like, sorry, all right, guys, geez. Everybody take a chill pill. Leah, I get that you want to watch out for Seth, you know, whatever. 
But Leah, we want you back. Sam wants you back. And Leah's tail starts wagging because, you know, that's a sore spot for her. And okay, here's where Jared gets really manipulative. He says, Sam told me to beg. He told me to literally get down on my knees if I have to, which he doesn't do, by the way. He wants you home, Lee Lee, where you belong. (gasps) And so Leah flinches because that's Sam's old nickname for her, which is a low blow. Oh, that's low. That's lower than low. And I don't think that's the best way to try and convince Leah of anything. So Leah's like, get fucked. And so Jake says, look, Jared, we're still family. Okay, we'll get past this, but you probably ought to stick to your land just so there aren't misunderstandings. Nobody wants a family brawl, right? So he's pretty much saying, get the fuck out of here. This is our land now. And Jared's like, fine, we'll stick to our land. But where's your land? Vampire land? And he goes, no, I'm homeless. I'm jortsless. And he says, but don't worry, this isn't going to last forever. Okay. There's not much time left until the baby bursts its way out of Bella's belly. And then the Cullens will probably go and then Seth and Leah will come home and Jacob will sort himself out. He reckons he'll run off to the forest like he was going to do before. So Jared's like, all right then, see you guys around. (laughs) Guess that was a fail. And Jake says, oh, hold up, by the way, um, what's wrong with Embry? Is Embry all right? And he's like, what? Embry's fine. Because he's still bothered that Colin's there instead of Embry. And Jared's like, it's not really any of your business anymore, Jake. Laters. So Jared goes off, but it says he turned away from us, heading out of sight to Faze because Leah was here. So even Jared doesn't want to get his wang out in front of Leah. Like, oh my God, Leah's seen your wang before. Just get it out. She's not looking. She's not interested in your wang, Jared. Oh, they all act so precious about a few wangs. So the others go off, but Quill hangs back a little bit and will form. And he comes over to Jacob and they sort of, I guess, cuddle. I don't know. They they brush up against each other. It's a nice little cute moment because, you know, they're friends. And then Quill runs off and Jacob phases back and Leah thinks to him and he goes, thought you were going to make out with him because heaven forbid two males, like one in wolf form, one in human form, ever express any camaraderie or emotion, lest it turn into a gay joke. I mean, yeah, as much as I want to defend Leah, she is a bit of an arsehole, isn't she? (laughs) She is a bit of Betty. They've been calling her bitter for chapters and chapters. And I really do have to agree because she's, she's really quite annoying to be around. And so then Jake's like, oh, you guys, cool. I didn't want to speak for you, but I did speak for you. Are you okay with what I said? And they're like, yeah, we're fine, mate. Relax. And then they discuss the whole Embry not coming thing. And I think Seth has a theory being like, well, did you see how upset Quill is? Embry is probably more upset. And Sam doesn't want to give Embry the temptation to come and join your pack. So he made him stay at home. And it's like, who really cares? Like, we all know this pack's not going to be like split apart forever. Like, I don't really care. So then Jacob's like, I got to go back to the house. There's a lot going on. And he has some images of Bella drinking blood out of a sippy cup. And they're like, oh my God, that's so fucking gross. (laughs) And so there's some banter about that. And then that's the end of the chapter. And we go to chapter 14. You know, things are bad when you feel guilty for being rude to vampires. So surprisingly in this chapter, the vampires are nice to Jacob. And then he feels bad about being rude to them because of their hospitality. So, you know, who could have seen that coming with that chapter heading? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And the reason Jacob's going back into the house is because he wants to report back, even though Edward can read minds. And so he gets there and he's like, oh, no one, no one's waiting for me to get back. Okay. He's like, wow. Okay. No one's greeting me. No one wants to hear what I've just gone through. Okay, sure. I don't know why he's so bothered. Like, did you forget there's a mind reader in the house, mate? They're all up to date. And someone had left out some clothes on the porch for him, some jorts. And he's like, well, that was nice, I guess. So that's some of the hospitality that vampires are known for. But he doesn't want to phase on the porch and put them on because he thinks it might be a prank. He thinks Rosalie's like got her own little prank show or something like punked. He goes, I took the clothes gingerly between my teeth and carried them back to the trees, just in case this was some joke by the blonde psychopath and I had a bunch of girls stuff here. Bet she'd love to see the look on my human face as I stood there naked holding a sundress. It's like, what? I don't think, I don't think Rosalie cares that much considering she's protecting Bella 24 seven because she's worried about Carlisle trying to push Bella down some stairs. Like, I, I don't think she's that concerned with what clothes you're wearing. And also, would you rather wear a sundress or be naked? Like, like would, it be the, would it be a disaster to do drag, Jake? Like, relax. So it's not a sundress. He specifies that it's definitely guy's clothes, if that helps everybody relax. And he says they're tan pants and a white button-down shirt. And he thinks they're emmets because they fit him. Okay, great. So he walks back into the house. The clothes do stink, but he's grateful for them. He just lets himself in. He doesn't bother to knock. Bella's on the couch. So she's out of the hospital bed. She still has an IV tube dripping something into her, but you know, she's, she's doing all right. She's looking better than before. 
and Rosalie's cross-legged on the ground by Bella's head. Okay, and so something interesting happens. When Jacob walks in, she looks up and smiles at him with like real energy, her whole face lighting up. He says, I couldn't remember the last time she looked so excited to see me. And he's thinking, what the fuck's wrong with her? She's married to another guy, happily married. She didn't want me. She dropped me like a hot potato. Now she's married, she's pregnant. She's gonna become a vampire soon. Why is she so thrilled to see me? He says, it looks like I'd made her whole freaking day just by walking through the door. And he thinks if she just didn't care, if she just ignored me, didn't want me around, it'd be so much easier to stay away. And Edward's looking at him being like, yeah, I think it's fucking crazy too. So I think what's going on is little vampire Ron Weasley inside of her is I think making Bella love Jacob a bit more because of that whole imprinting thing. Even though we've always known imprinting to be sort of one-sided, or at least the other person's not interested until after it happens, who really knows how imprinting works? But the suggestion is, and I think this comes up later on in the book, like they reference this moment. I think the suggestion is, yeah, little vampire Ron Weasley's so jazzed to see Jacob that it's funneling through Bella's emotions. I think that's what's going on. Like it's ridiculous, but I, I think that's the logic behind it. And so then Jacob's like, uh, the wolves just wanted to talk, by the way, just so you know. And Edward's like, yeah, I heard it. Jacob's a little annoyed because he thought he was too far away for Edward to hear him. But Edward's like, no, your voice stands out for me now. So yeah, I heard you. And so they're like, all right, Jake, time for you to go and sleep. And so Jacob starts walking off and Rosalie goes, where's the flood mutt? Which I don't understand. I guess that's a joke about something or other. Where's the flood? I don't get it. And so then he snaps back with, you know how to drown a blonde Rosalie? You glue a mirror to the bottom of a pool. And Edward chuckles as if that's hilarious. And it's like, what, we're, we're doing dumb blonde jokes now? Like that's, that feels a bit tacky. So he goes outside to go and sleep in the forest, but Edward follows after him. And Jacob's like, oh my God, geez, what now? And he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. He just says, um, when you were speaking to Sam's delegates earlier, I was giving a play-by-play for Carlisle and Esme and the rest of them. And they're concerned, um, well, Esme's troubled by the hardships this is putting your pack through. And she asked me to speak to you privately about it. And he's like, what, what hardships? And he's like, well, the fact that you're homeless, you're jortsless. Leah's having to eat in wolf form like an animal, like literally like an animal. Esme feels bad. And he says, We do have normal food here, Jacob, you know, for keeping up appearances. And I'm like, oh my God, is there like a kitchen pantry inspector in Forks that just goes around to everyone's house to make sure there's human food stocked at all times? What do they mean keeping up appearances? No one's going to your house apart from the wedding and the party that you threw. But like no one's really going to your house to check and make sure you've got like stacks of baked beans in your cupboard. Like no one really cares. I guess if you never go into the town and never go to the grocery store, people might notice, but people work shifts. You could have like a home food delivery service that they don't know about. Like no one, no one's paying that much attention to you, Cullens. Like if they were, they would have already figured out that you're vampires by now. He's like, oh, we have human food. You know, we've got to keep up appearances. Like, oh my God, from whom? From whom? For whomst? And Jacob's like, okay, cool. Thanks. And Edward's like, oh, and yeah, and the clothes. Like, yeah, we gave you some, but um, Alice rarely lets us wear the same thing twice. So we have heaps of clothes, just piles and piles of brand new clothes, which seems so wasteful. He does say that they're destined for goodwill, but it's like, 
Maybe stop buying new clothes. Stop buying new clothes with your vampires. Think of your environmental footprint. I mean, murdering all those grizzly bears is one thing, but think of all the impacts of this fast fashion. And like, Alice, if you want to dress up dolls, buy dolls. You don't need to be dressing up your whole family in new clothes each day. That's so weird. Or like, Alice, if you're that interested in fashion, go to art school. Go be a designer. Maybe stop repeating high school every few years. And so Edward's like, seriously, clothes, jorts, food, beds, whatever you want. Please don't consider yourselves without the benefits of a home. And he's like, okay, whatever. And he says, and also showers. Feel free to come in and have a shower since you prefer to sleep outdoors, you know? And Jacob says, tell Esme we appreciate the thought, but the perimeter cuts through the river in a few places. So we stay pretty clean. Thanks. And I'm like, okay, does the river have shampoo? Does it have soap? Also, okay, so the river's cleaning your wolf form. What about your stinky human form? Like, I don't think they're inviting you in to use the shower in the house to shower as a wolf. If I were him, I'd definitely be accepting the offer so I could have a human shower. He's like, oh, we stay pretty clean because of the river. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They must stink, humans. They must stink. Or when they shower in their wolf form, does that translate to the human form? I don't know. But either way, there's no soap in the river. But then they hear a low pained cry from inside the house. So Jacob's like, oh my God, what now? He just wants some shut eye, but no. So they're back into the house and there's Bella. She's panting, curled over the bulge in the center of her body. And so what's happened is after Bella had that sippy cup of blood, little Rochambeau is all strength and has grown and broken her ribs. So now they've got to give her an X-ray because, oh my God, yeah. That little demon fetus is busting up her ribs. I mean, it's crazy. But Jake's like, ah, they're all over it. So I'm going to go back to sleep. And I guess he's just deciding to sleep in one of the rooms of the house now with the window open because he's like, ah, thank God there's a breeze. And I was like, I thought the plan was to sleep outside, but maybe her breaking her ribs has changed things. I don't know. But there's Alice and she's like, do you want a pillow? And he's like, no, bitch. He goes, what was with the pushy hospitality? It's creeping me out. And then he's like, what are you even doing here, Alice? And he's surprised. He's like, I haven't really seen much of Alice lately. What's with Alice? And she's like, yeah, I got a headache. And he's like, wow, vampires get headaches? And she goes, not the normal ones. And it's like, okay, humble brag. Okay, you're not a normal vampire. You're not like a regular vampire. You're a cool vampire. And she pretty much says, Bella's giving me a headache. Well, not Bella, the fetus. She says she can't see it. She says, I can't see anything about it just like you, like just like the werewolves. There's a whole block on the fetus. And Bella's getting in the way. So Bella's future is blurry as well because of the fetus. She says it's like a bad reception on a TV. When she first decided, when she knew she wanted it, she blurred right out of my sight. It scared me to death. And it's like, okay, all right. There's our explanation for why Alice has been useless. Do I believe it? Not really. Am I going to accept it? Yeah, I guess I have to. I mean, I've been saying for books and books and books that Alice is useless. So we really just have got to stop depending on her. I just hate this whole, everything's attached to a decision. And it's like, okay, well, hurricanes don't make a decision to be hurricanes. So does she never see like weather catastrophes? I don't get it. And then Alice says, I have to admit, it's a relief having you close by in spite of the wet dog smell. Everything goes away. It's like having my eyes closed. It numbs the headache. And I thought she just couldn't see futures where the wolves were in them. I didn't think their actual presence dampened her abilities because they don't dampen Edwards or Jasper's. But so apparently Jacob's like a headache blocker for us. So she's like, hang around. And he's like, all right, whatever. 
And she says, thanks, this is the best thing for it. I guess since I can't take aspirin, why not? Why can't you take aspirin? Who who, who cares? So Jacob's like, great story. Shut up, I'm trying to get some shut eye. I've been awake for like 50 fucking hours. And here you are yapping on about your headache. You're giving me a headache. So then Jacob falls asleep. He has a dream that he smells bleach. (laughs) And it's just because there's vampire smells around him or something, I guess. And so then he wakes up. And then Blondie, AKA Rosalie, she goes, about time. The chainsaw impersonation was getting a little tired. So he's been snoring. That's hilarious. And so Jacob's like getting his bearings. He's looking around the room. Bella's there. She's looking great. She's on the couch. But then he notices that Seth's sitting there with his arm around Bella, hoeing into a plate of food on his lap. And he's thinking, what the fuck? And Edward says, oh, he came to find you. And Esme convinced him to stay for breakfast. And Seth's like, yeah, Jake, I was just checking in. Um, we got worried when, when you never phased back into wolf form. So I just thought I'd check on you. And man, Edward can cook. Oh, he cooks some mean scrambled eggs. And Jacob's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But he's only focused on the fact that Seth's arm is on Bella's shoulders. And he's like getting super fucking territorial and jealous, even though he just admitted earlier that she's married and fully in love with someone else. And he's seems to be, you know, coping with that. But now that Seth's got his arm on Bella, he's getting all jealous. And Edward explains it to him and he goes, well, Bella got cold. And I am so sick to fucking death of Bella using either vampires or werewolves to modulate her own temperature. When she's hot, she wants to hold on to Edward. When she's cold, she needs Jacob. And it's like, get a fucking blanket, get some air con. If you're hot, have an ice block. If you're too cold because there's a demon vampire baby in you, get a heat pack, put on a pair of comfy slippers. Like I'm so sick of you using other people's body parts for your own use. And so it turns out that Jacob had pretty much slept like the whole day and the whole night. So he really, really had quite the catnap. And Seth's like, oh, don't worry about it, Jake. You needed to sleep. Leah's running perimeter again. We've been taking turns, blah, blah, blah. Jacob asks how Bella's rib is and she's like, it's fine. Meanwhile, she's still got that cup of blood, that little bendy straw cup of blood still between her thighs. So she's really knocking back a lot of blood. And Jacob's like, what's for breakfast? Oneg or AB positive? And she's like, oh, classic Jake. I'm actually having omelets. And it's like, well, we can still see the sippy cup between your legs. It's not just eggs. So then Seth's going on about how good the cinnamon rolls are. Blah, blah, fucking blah. Carlisle pulls Jacob aside and he says, oh, just by the way, speaking of like uh, eating and stuff. Um, so we're going to need a feed soon. Um, what do you reckon's best? Will Sam like attack us if we go out and hunt? What, what can we do? And I'm like, can you not just indulge in some of those blood bags? But apparently no, they have to go hunting for mountain lions. And there's all this talk about the perimeter or whatever. And Jake's like, look, you'll probably be fine um, if, if you go over the mountains and hunt far enough away that there's no chance that Sam would send anyone that far out. So they've got to go all the way to the fucking mountains to hunt down some poor animals for them to eat. And it's like, are there no ducks in the river you can just have a quick snack on? Why does it always need to be a big mountain lion or a grizzly bear? Like just eat a fucking duck. And so there's chat about how they'll split up so Bella's not left behind unprotected. And I'm like, oh, I really don't care. There's perfectly good blood in the fridge. You've just told me that. Have a little nibble on the AB neg. And Jacob's like, all right, I'm getting out of here. I'm sick of the vampire smell. I'm sick of the chats. I'm done. So he's like, all right, I'm going. Seth, you better be on your way soon as well or have a nap or something because I'm going to need you running perimeter later. And Seth's like, yep, I'm good. I'm done. And he goes, oh, oh, unless you need me looking at Bella, 
Like she needs him for body heat. <laughs> Jacob snaps back and he goes, she's got blankets, which is just perfect because yeah, she does. I don't like his jealousy, but his logic is on point. And then Esme steps up to him. Oh my God, they're all just stepping up to him. And she's got like a casserole dish. And she's like, here you go, Jake. I know you don't want to be here. I know it stinks, but please have a casserole. Give some to Leah. I've also got a bag full of clothes for Leah too. I tried to wash them without touching them. So please, please, anything I can do. And Jacob's thinking, this fucking bitch, I am so sick of the hospitality. And he starts thinking about how he's going to dump the casserole under a tree or something. (laughs) And then he remembers that Edward can read his mind and he's like, oh my God, don't tell her that. Let her think that I ate it. So you see, yeah, he's feeling bad about being rude to vampires. Oh, the world's upside down. We're all topsy-turvy. And then Bella says, hey, will you come back later, Jake? And he's like, I don't know, bitch. And she goes, please, I might get cold. Oh my God. Now she's trying to manipulate him. See, she's all about using other people to get her body temperature correct. And he just said, you've got blankets, but it works. And he's like, yeah, maybe. He's still got a soft spot for that cold little thing. And so then Esme's like, all right, we'll take those clothes to Leah. And he goes, yeah, I'm on it. And he ducked out the door before anyone could guilt him into anything else. And that's the end of the chapter. He really is a complainer. I mean, I'd be, I'd be accepting the casserole and the clothing, the brand new clothing. <laughs> that's only going to end up in Goodwill. So you may as well have it. <laughs> What was that about? It's like, okay, I guess Goodwill just will do without the nice new clothes. (laughs) Uh, Everyone's got their fucking priorities wrong in this book. Okay, um, I'll leave it there. As I said at the top of the show, head over to Patreon if you want to hear some of the Allegiant recaps. And I'll see you guys next week for the next chapter, which is titled TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. So I guess there's a lot of waiting to be done. (laughs) Thrilled for that. (laughs) All right, bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.